Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus this morning. Come on, if that was for the band, I'd be all right, but this is for Jesus this morning. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Come on. So good. Man, it's so good to be here this morning to see you. Man, I hope you're having a great Easter so far. Why don't you high five about 18 people around you. Tell them, happy Easter, happy Easter. It's good to see you. Tell them they look good this morning. It makes everybody feel a little bit better. Hey, man, you can take a seat as you do. Awesome. Awesome. So good to, uh, to see you. I want you to know uh, uh, that I've had like 18,000 cups of coffee this morning, so I'm like ready, all right? I'm ready to go. I'm Pastor Welby, I'm the lead pastor here. If I've not got a chance to meet you yet, man, I want to say thanks for being here. Glad you're here. Would love to meet you uh, after service today. Uh, it's going to be a good day. I hope you feel at home. I hope that your hand's not tired from having 27 high fives as you walked in this morning, and, um, but I, I, hope you, I hope you felt uh, the love that we have for, uh, for you in this community, this area, and we just believe in that God's got great things uh, in store for your life. Is that good? Is that okay if we believe that God's got great things in store for your life? I mean, it's, it's so good because we celebrate Easter today, and, and I just want, it's so, it, it gives me hope. Anybody need some hope from time to time? Like, it's nice to know that, that the one thing that separates Christianity over any other religion is that our God is not dead. There, there is something about it that, that our God just didn't die on a cross and get buried into a tomb, but, he, but we celebrate today that he has been resurrected, that he's alive, and that's something to celebrate and to get excited about this morning. And so, man, we just are glad that we get to do this with you this morning. But I wanna let you know that when we wake up tomorrow, Tomorrow's Easter for us as well. If you're a believer, like I wake up, I wake up tomorrow morning. I'm like, dude, thank you, Jesus. I couldn't do this on my own. I'm glad that you're alive and that I can I can lean in on you some. I wake up on Tuesday and I get to do it all over again. And next Sunday, and we're back here all over again. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. We're celebrating Easter today. I hope you love what you're feeling today. Y'all give it up for the band. Thank you, Tessa. So good, so good. Hey, we have, a, uh, we have a culture of honor here at the church, and uh, man, I, I want to honor my parents today. They're here all the way from Dallas, and so man, we're so glad you're here, Mom and Dad, and uh, they, uh, they get to come down from time to time, and so uh, they don't always get to be here on the weekends, obviously, but they're here today, so man, I was, they got, we got to be with them the last couple of days, and man, it's been great getting to be with my folks and uh, getting to do Easter with them. Uh, hey, when you sat down, there was an Easter survey um, there uh, that, that we would love for you to fill out as service goes along. Um, if you don't like anything that I'm saying and you get bored early on, it's cool. Like, I won't get my feelings hurt. Uh, you can start filling that out, okay? If I see you writing on that, I'll know. Like, I better step it up. Like, they're bored, okay? And so, uh, but if, for real, if you would fill that out as service goes along, uh, it's gonna help us out 
uh, especially as the, the backside of it talks about a few things that we'll get into a little bit later, uh, but it talks about just some topics that you would uh, like for us to, to talk about or some things that maybe, you know, are in life and you say, hey, this, this, this would be great to hear about in church. And so um, in, in the months to come in our planning and stuff like that, we, we plan typically months out in advance of what we're going to bring to the table. And so this really helps us plan as we walk into fall and all that stuff. So we will talk a little bit more about that later, but man, we'd love for you to fill that out. And as the offering buckets come by later, uh, you can put that right in there. Well, let me, let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever hoped for something? Have you ever hoped for anything? Like, like I remember just a short 15 months ago, it was January 28th, 2018, and I had a hope. I had a prayer. We had just started the church. It was our very first day. And I thought to myself, Dear God in heaven, I hope somebody shows up. Like I saw my mom and my dad coming in, and I saw Kristen's parents coming in, and I was like, well, we know they already love us, so that's like really good. But I need somebody else to walk in that we don't know, that, that, that's gonna be here next week. And I'm just so excited, man. Can you look around today and see what God has done? It's so good that the God has just been blessing and been growing and doing great things, man. It's so good. And I had a hope, I had a, I had a prayer, and God answered that prayer. I want you to know that we all need some hope, amen? We all need some hope, a, a hope that brings assurance, a hope that brings confidence, this trust, because without it, life gets stuck sometimes. I don't know about you, but there's been times where I felt stuck. Maybe you've, you've been there, you, you feel stuck, or maybe you have felt stuck, and you know when we are stuck, we can find ourselves in a state of doubt, a state of unbelieving or, or unbelief, and we allow fear and we allow disappointment to creep in, and before we know it, instead of being hopeful, we are hopeless, and I want you to know from me, our hearts, and the leadership here, our prayer today is that no matter what situation you find yourself in, that you'll look to the God of all peace and begin to trust in him. And so I wanna, I wanna open up the scriptures today in John chapter 20, verses, verses one through 10. And, and Chris did such a beautiful job earlier talking about a little bit of, of, of the death of Jesus and, and when Mary walked in. And I, I want you to know that, that Jesus, he was, he was sent from heaven, that God had a plan, that, that back in the day, that, that in the Old Testament, that they would have animals and they would have to, they would have to, to, to kill an animal to forgive for the shedding of blood. Or they would have to kill an animal so that their sins would be forgiven. And as your sins were forgiven, they would go another year and the priest would come and you'd have to kill another animal and the priest would have to go into the Holy of Holies and, and have to pray for the sins of the people and all this stuff. Well, well, that, that plan wasn't gonna work out long term. And so, uh, so, so God said, Jesus, son, you gotta go down to earth. And so Jesus comes down to earth. He lives this perfect life and this sinless life. He gets beaten, he gets bruised, he dies on a cross. They place him in a tomb, and then three days later, the Bible tells us that he's resurrected again. He's alive again. And so the story right here picks up in verse one of John chapter 20. It says, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. How many, how many love to be John, the writer of this book? He's like, he's like, there's Peter, and then there's me, the one Jesus loves. Yes, amen. That's like the, like the, I don't know if you're the oldest, 
But if you're the oldest in your family, you're like, hey, your siblings are cool, you're all right. But mom and dad love me the most, let's go. And since I got the mic, we all know it, y'all love me the most, it's okay. She ran and found Simon Peter, the other disciple and the other whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. You see, back in those days, that people would actually steal bodies. They, they, would, they would grave robbers. They would take them out of the grave. She thought Jesus' body had been taken. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and, and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked and, and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there. While the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. It was like Marie Kondo had been in the grave that day, folding up, let's be thankful for the clothes that you have, but let's give them to somebody else that could use them, okay? And so then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said, Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. I want you to know the title of my message is called Eight Days Later. Would you tell somebody next to you, tell them eight days later. Come on, turn to your second choice today and tell them eight days later. Parents, have you ever told your kids something? How many got, so it's like teenagers. Anybody got teenagers in the house? Yeah. So, so you tell your kids something and they just look at you kind of strange. Like, hey, you're gonna have to be in at 11 o'clock tonight. Your curfew is 11 o'clock. And they just kind of look at you like with a stank face, like, you talking to me? You're like, yeah, I'm talking to you. Like 11 o'clock. And, and they're just like, but all my friends get to hang out till 12 or, or 12.30 or one. And you're like, say, bruh, you're like 14 years old. Like, chill out, like 11 o'clock or I'm gonna break your arms. It's cool. Like, you'll never get to drive. You'll never get to, to that point, okay? And so, uh, they just look at you kind of strange. This was kind of like Peter and John. Peter and John, Jesus had been telling them all along, hey, I'm gonna die, but it's gonna be all right because I'm gonna resurrect three days later. And they just, they just were kind of, I just imagine Peter and John kind of like looking at Jesus with a little bit of a stank face like, all right, we're just gonna have to trust you on this one, but not really. I hear you, but we think you're a little crazy, all right? Like, like, we're gonna reserve doubt, party of two, doubt, party of two. Like, like that's gonna be in the back of our head. We're gonna just let it be there for a moment just in case this doesn't quite work out the way you, says it, you say it's gonna work out, Jesus, all right? It sounds good, but we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna talk behind your back a little bit, okay? And maybe you're here this morning and you have doubts about this Jesus thing. I'm gonna let you know that it's okay. It's okay that you have doubts. In fact, of course you may have doubts. I want you to know that having doubts just makes you normal. Anybody feel normal this morning? <laughs> Come on, like, like having doubts about Christianity or Jesus or this faith that we walk out or you've heard people walk, talk about, yeah, it's okay to have doubts. That just makes you a normal person today. I'm glad to feel somewhat normal. Just don't let your doubts be dead ends. You see, everybody doubt a tiger. Come on. Anybody watch that last week? 
last weekend. Everybody had doubted Tiger. Everybody thought Tiger was dead. Come on, anybody think Tiger was dead? So I mean, like, who's Tiger? Okay, he's like, he's like this, this, this really amazing golfer, okay, wears a red shirt on Sundays. Come on, like, like everybody thought Tiger was dead, but he let us know that the red shirt will live again. Come on, somebody. And so, so he all, when he makes it to that fourth round, he, he wears that red shirt because it's like his victory shirt. It's that power shirt. It's like that power tie maybe you wear in the meetings. You're like, you walk into the room, you're like, like I got my red tie swag on, like I'm the boss, like let's go. And so Tiger, he wears this red shirt, like, hey, let's go, I'm gonna win this thing. But don't you know that he had to even walk through his own unbelief? He's had all these surgeries, all these setbacks, all these disappointments. How many know that he had to walk through some things that, that he had to wrestle with in his own head? How many know that he had to walk through what everybody else had said about him? said, no, he's not, he's not going to ever come back. He, he's washed up. He's too old. He's never going to win another tournament again, or he's never going to win another major again, but he showed up. And now, every, you know what everybody's talking about now? Dude, maybe he's going he's gonna to catch, catch Jack. He's going he's gonna to get there. He's, man, three more. Three more majors. Come on, he'll tie him. Four to win. Let's go. And so now they're talking about how great Tiger is again. And so I love this picture that, that John... He arrives at the tomb first before Peter, right? Peter and John, they race to the tomb. They're like, whoa, whoa, Jesus is not here. What's going on? But he stayed on the outside, the Bible tells us, looking in. He didn't go in. He just kind of stayed on the edge for a moment. John didn't even believe until he went into the tomb. Peter went in first. Peter was behind him. He caught up to John, but he didn't stop at the edge. He went all the way in. He looked in. He's like, John, you're not going to believe it. Marie Kondo was here. Like, everything's folded up really nice. It looks really good. Like, come in. Come experience what I'm experiencing. And I want you to know this morning that you can stay on the outside looking in. You can, you can spectate all you want. You can play it safe all you want or... You can go all in today. You see, it's really hard to believe until you go all in. It's really hard to believe that Jesus can change your life until Jesus changes your life. Can I challenge you this morning? I know it's early on. I know it's only 1034 with 57 seconds left on a Sunday morning, a bright Easter Sunday morning. But can I, can I give you a challenge? Would you give us the next month of your life? Would you give us the next month of your life? Would you make this really important? Not, not, having, not having God revolve around your life, but have your life revolve around God? Would, would you make Sunday mornings a priority? Would you go all in? Because I believe if you do, God will show up in your life in an amazing way. I believe he's going to do something in your life that you couldn't do on yourself. There's things that you're asking. There's answers that you're, there's, there's questions that you're asking that he'll answer. Just make room for God. I don't even have to, I don't even have to, uh, I don't even have to, that's what I'm looking for. Work to tell you, just our dream team. Where's our dream team? Like, has God done something? Come on, dream team. Like, thank you. They're here. Like, they'll tell you. Like, God has done some amazing things in their life as they've been here. I mean, I, I, I'm so excited. Next week, we've got water baptisms. People that say yes today to Jesus, or, or maybe you've already said yes to Jesus, but you've never been water baptized, then next week, we're going to have water baptism. We're going to go public with our faith. It's going to be an amazing day. You're going to want to invite your family to come see you get baptized, or, or maybe your kid, get this, maybe your kids will say yes to Jesus 
in kids ministry today. Maybe they've come week in and week out, or maybe it's their first time today, and they give their heart or their life to Jesus, and they can get baptized next week as well. Man, it's going to be awesome next week. We've got families dedicating kids in a couple weeks, man. We've got Mother's Day after that. There's going to be an amazing month. I'm telling you, the next four weeks uh, of church is going to be amazing, all right? Turn to somebody next to you and say, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Verse 19. That Easter Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors, all right? So they, they've gone to the tomb. Jesus isn't there. What's going on? So they go back. They're meet, the disciples are meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. I mean, if they killed Jesus, then surely maybe they're going to kill us, right? Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Could you imagine being behind locked doors? Could you imagine like nobody's going in and nobody's coming out? And all of a sudden, Jesus steps into the room and says, peace be with you. I'd be like, bro, what'd you put in my drink? Like, what is going on right now? Jesus said, peace be with you. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. How many know it'd be pretty amazing? Jesus is dead. You, you saw him crucified. You saw him take his last breath, but he's not dead any longer. He's alive. In fact, he just teleported through your walls and he's in your room. Bam. Hey, let's go. I want you to know that Jesus will show up in the middle of your fear. He'll show up in the middle of your doubts. Come on, he's not afraid of your doubt. He's not afraid of your questions. You might be, might be hiding behind some walls that you've placed up, or you may be hiding behind a locked heart because you've been hurt one too many times. But I'm here to tell you this morning that he can transcend wherever you find yourself. He'll go beyond. He'll go above. He will do whatever it takes to meet you right in the room you find yourself in. Amen. And so one of the disciples, one of the 12, Thomas, he wasn't with the others when Jesus came. Come on, Thomas, you didn't make Easter? Come on. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers in them and place my hand into the wound in his side. He wasn't there. It's hard to believe when you're not, or it's hard to believe when you're by yourself. Sometimes it's hard to believe when you're by yourself. I, I just believe that the enemy loves to isolate us. If you've lived long enough, you've been hurt, and if you grew up in church, you've probably been hurt by church or in church. So I get it. I've been hurt. I know how you feel. Like, I, 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 get, I get it. But what the enemy likes to do is likes to isolate us, keep us off in the distance. Hey, we don't, we, don't, we don't need you to be around people. We don't need you to, like, just to stay by yourself, sulk and, and, and all of those feelings that you had. I mean, Thomas missed Easter. Like, everybody goes to church on Easter. Not Thomas. Nah, he was sad. He was crying. Jesus is dead. They say he's alive, but they're lying. I know my friends, they're not good people. They're liars. 
They're trying to trick me. Some imposter. Right? And so when everybody else believed, Thomas was still struggling. It's because Thomas needed it to be real. Thomas, Thomas needed it to be real to him. Because it wasn't about his friend's faith. It wasn't about his grandma's faith. It, it, wasn't, it couldn't be the faith that, that his parents had taught him as a child. No, it had to become real to him. It had to be more than, than just another church service for him. It had to be more than just another Easter. And I want you to know that even when you still doubt, Jesus will keep showing up. You may feel alone this morning, but I want you to know that even in your doubt, even in your unbelief, even in the room that you find yourself in where you feel all alone, Jesus will keep showing up. And in verse 26, we finally get to the title. Eight days later. Come on, everybody say eight days later. Eight days later, the disciples were together again having church. And this time, Thomas was with them. He had licked his wounds a little bit. He's going to be all right. The doors were locked still. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them, teleporting through walls and doors. Peace be with you. I think the disciples were like, hey, Thomas, it's all right. We've already heard this before, bro. That's Jesus. We got this. We're going to be all right. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer, but believe. Thomas says, my Lord, my God. And we see that he believes. Now, I was, as I was studying this, I kind of wondered and asked myself the question, why did John say eight days, not seven? There's always significance with numbers in the Bible, and as we read numbers and or read the Bible, we see numbers represent different things. And I begin to ask, why did why did John say eight days, not seven? I believe that this that seven is in the Bible represents completion. Jesus on the cross said, "It is finished. My work here is done. I, what I came to do is completed. It is finished." But eight represents new beginnings. And I just believe that John was saying that the work that Jesus had done had been completed, but now that he he was wanting to do a new thing in Thomas. And I believe that God is wanting to do a new thing in you and a new thing in me, that the work on the cross is done. He's not there any longer. He's been raised from the dead. Come on. But, But he wants to do a new thing. Eight days later, he shows up. And when Thomas was all by himself, he didn't believe. But now that he's with the disciples, now he's not isolated himself. Now he's not at home by himself. Jesus shows up again, and Thomas believes. This is why this this church thing is so important. Church isn't going to save you. Jesus saves you. All right, this church isn't going to save you. Like, we're going to do our best. We're going to bring Jesus to you, but Jesus is the one who saves. Let's get that clear, okay? 
but I believe it's why it's so important. This is why it matters who you do life with. You can, you can choose to do life by yourself or you could choose to do it with other people because it matters what room you're in. It matters who's in the room that you are in. I mean, you can have people around you, but, but do they help you? Do, do they speak life into you? I, I want you to know every eight days, we could say seven, but every eight days, God's wanting to do a new thing, and we meet together every Sunday right here, 10 o'clock, come on. Like, like I, I want you to know that it, it matters so much who's, who's in the room with you that I don't, I don't wanna I don't want to scare you, but the person next to you is probably jacked up a little bit, okay? Like I see, I see some of the front row, I know they're jacked up, all right? All right. And uh, I, I want you to know that that you're in a room of people that that are normal, that that are are trying to, to serve God the best they know how. But we still got problems, and we still got doubt, and we still have hurts, we still have pains. And you know what the benefit of church is? Is that when my bro is hurting, he's able to pick up the phone and say, hey, I need to hang out. Hey, I need you to pray for me. Hey, I need to walk this out. Hey, what do you think? He doesn't have to go through it by himself any longer. He's not isolating himself. He's not having to make all the decisions on his own, but no, he can do life together with other people. And so I'm telling you, this church thing is important. It's not the only thing. I'm just telling you that the local, the local church is the hope of the world. I'm telling you, when people see other people worshiping God and they know the mess that you've gone through or they know the mess that what you're going through and they see, oh my goodness, I cannot believe you're worshiping God. There's no way you should be worshiping God right now. But you're like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be, but I don't know anything else is going to help me but worshiping, worshiping the Lord and lifting up the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, this church thing, it's, it's, it's not the only thing, but it's, it's important. So I'm happy for Thomas. He got to see Jesus. But I don't know about you. I've never seen Jesus in flesh. Like, it'd be really cool. Like, all of a sudden, poof, peace be with you. <laughs> we were like, what's up? Jesus? And, uh, but, but I've never seen Jesus in the flesh, and that's why it's important that we walk by faith and not by sight. Because Jesus, Jesus was, was in the flesh when we read the Bible, but but he ascends into heaven and he sends his Holy Spirit. And, and so we, we no longer see him in the flesh, but, but how I see him in the flesh is when I see God moving through him and I see God moving through her and I see God moving through you. Can I tell you, stop trying to figure it all out? Like, like you don't have to try to figure it all out. Like, like all the intellect in the world, like no matter how smart you are, like stop trying to figure out all of who God is. Stop trying to put him in a box because if you could figure out all of who God is, you would need a bigger God. If you could figure out who God was completely, 100%, you and I would need a God that is much, much bigger. And so Jesus told him, Thomas, you believe because you have seen but blessed are those who believe without seeing me. You may still doubt, but I want you to know you're not alone. The question of 
is there a God inherently lacks evidence. Like there's no way to, there's no, it's one of those things that, that's, um, you can't approach that with like a, a scientific rationale and, and come to, uh, come to a good conclusion on it. One of the things that kind of turned, turned me off, uh, religion in the first place was I felt like it seemed like a way for people to have things figured out. Like I, I, I get it. I have this, this book and I understand the universe now because of what's written in here. When I was younger, uh, grew up in a religious house and uh, I just kind of started falling away around, around high school a little bit to the point where by the time I, I got to college and through pretty much the entire time I was in college, I would have called, I would claim agnosticism or atheism to kind of, I met Trace sophomore year about, about four or five years ago at Chick-fil-A in Willis. Uh, we worked together there for a little bit and realized we both played a couple instruments. So we started uh, kind of bonding over that, hanging out a little bit, playing the guitar. And he started trying to get me to come to his church. And so I, I went a couple times and uh, I actually specifically remember he uh, noticed I was a little uncomfortable there during worship. And he told me, uh, that the reason everyone puts their hands up is because um, they're surrender surrendering uh, to God and putting everything in his hands. And I was like, yeah, but I don't really. Then more recently, about a year and a half ago, I got back in touch with Trace. He told me he was doing this, um, this new church called Hope Rising. He was gonna be working with worship. It's kind of a one-off and that was the end of it. They just need another guitarist. And then he asks like, hey, would you actually wanna be a little bit more of a part of this, maybe playing the worship band and trying to get some people together. <laughs> I told him, uh, I was like, look man, I'd love to, like, I, I'd love to help you out with this, but I really don't think I'm in any position spiritually to be um, even involved in a church, much less uh, on the worship team. Uh, he told me that they had this idea that you have to belong before you believe. He really just wanted me to be there, wanted me to be a part of it. And so, so I started coming and I don't know if uh, we would have these long talks every once in a while and um, about where, where I was at on, on the whole issue and he actually told me one day, I really want you to give this, uh, this, this your best effort, but if you, if you come at the end of the day and decide, you know, this, this whole, whole Jesus thing isn't for you, then I still want you here. And that was so foreign to me. But whenever I talked to somebody about um, religion, I always felt like I was getting a sales pitch. I always felt like I was trying to be convinced. And I never, never felt convinced. This was the first time where I'd actually just been told, "Hey, just come. You know, just, just, just be here. We just want you to be here." So, like I said, at this point, I was, if you would have asked me uh, what my beliefs are, I would have just said. I don't know. Um, there's no evidence for uh, to, to say that there there is a God, that there isn't a God. Um, I just really wasn't concerned with the issue. So I was just still uh, coming and playing music, and there, those those moments, like I said, where I, where I felt like something was really moving um, during worship started to get um, more and more frequent because I would really 
try to listen to the songs instead of just like figuring out my parts or try to try to understand what the songs were trying to say. At this point, everything was still turn it on on Sunday, turn it off uh, whenever I would leave. The next big moment, the next big step was uh, going to uh, worship night with um, Ms. Trace, Nick, uh, Welby, Kristen, not sure who else, who else was there. That was actually the first time I had uh, I'd done that in a really long time. Uh, we were there and I, I felt like from the beginning, <laughs> right, <laughs> right from the beginning, felt that, um, that, that stirring, that, that, uh, that energy. I kept on asking myself like the whole night, uh, I was like, is this it, is this it, is this gonna be it? And finally, the moment came where I asked uh, if you wanna give your life to Jesus. In that moment, I had finally acknowledged that doubt was natural and that belief was about making the choice to follow this in spite of that doubt. So I just ripped off the band-aid. Uh, finally, finally put my hand up and finally, finally said, yes, this is, this is, uh, this is what I want to do. There was a surge of that strength that I felt for this whole time that was stronger than ever before. And I knew I was having the right decision. So if there's hope for me, there's hope for anyone. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus.
still playing guitar today. Come on. We, uh, we really, when we say we want you to belong before you believe, we mean it. Like if, if you have doubts today, we're okay with your doubts. If you have questions, we're okay with your questions. In fact, we, we exist so people far from God experience new life in Christ. Like, we, we make room for people that have doubts. Talked about we're jacked up in this room. I'm just telling you, we make room for some jacked up people. Come on. Come on. They let me pastor. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the chief of it. And... Um, We, we make room for people and those that have doubts and those that have fears and those that have disappointments and hurts and all of those things. We make room for you. And I want you to know that we're not, hang on a second, bam. We're not, um, we're not bothered. In fact, if you don't, if you're still not sure by the end of this day, we want you to invite you back next Sunday. Because what we realize is that people are on a journey. And my journey is different than yours, and, and your journey is different than the person next to you. And, and you, might not, you might just not be there today. I want to let you know that there's going to be a chair with your name on it next week. And until you start figuring it out. And so God, until God just moves in your heart, you know what? It, it may be next week. It may be today. It may be six months from now. I want you to know that we make room for you. In fact, we wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for you today. Hope has a name. But what name have you been given hope? Have you been given hope the name of work? We've been given the name of your spouse. I have hope in my spouse. I have hope in my, in my money. I have hope in material things. I have hope, and you fill in the blank. I have hope in myself. But all of those things, although they're all good, They will leave you empty in here. But there's one person and there's one thing that will never leave you empty. He's a well that you can continue to go to, that you can draw from. The things in life that you've been drawn from that leave you empty. I want you to know that Jesus, there's hope and his name is Jesus. And you could continue to draw from that well this morning and he'll never leave you thirsty again. It'll be the well of everlasting water. You will, you will love to drink from this well. I'm telling you, it's the best thing in the world, all right?
Thank you for joining us in the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at hoperising.co. If you're in the Cypress, Texas area, we would love to connect with you on Sundays, 10 a.m. at Spillane Middle School. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.